0: of fun with no husbands allowed check out Yuletide and Yarn this Sunday from 2 to 5 I went last year it was so much fun there's gonna be crafts coffee hot chocolate and tons of snacks and lots of fellowship it'll be so much fun come out and join us not everyone can go to Guatemala but you can go to Zaxby's this Monday between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m to support our student ministry and their mission trip to Guatemala. If you picked up one of our angels off our angel tree, thank you so much. We need those gifts back no later than December 7th. We need to make sure that those sweet angels get their gifts in time for Christmas. There is so much going on in the elementary school ministry this Christmas season. First up is the battle between the small groups. We are hosting a canned good drive. Have your kids raid your pantry supervised. We are collecting canned goods in the powerhouse. Each small group will have their own box and the winning small group will win their very own pizza party. Next up is our Christmas family advent kit. This is a great way to make some quality family memories this holiday season. Make sure to pick yours up at the elementary ministry check-in area. There are so many great things happening in the kids' ministry right now. If you have a kid, you definitely want to check out the Facebook and Instagram pages. That's how I knew to send my kid in her favorite Christmas socks this week. Make sure to check out the links below. We've been hearing Dave and Jason talk about the Together Initiative for the past few weeks. Well, the red envelopes are here. We are asking each family to take a red envelope and pray about making a financial contribution towards the Together Initiative. These contributions will help fund our missions and benevolence offerings for the entire year. Let's go far together. This week starts our new sermon series titled God With Us. You won't want to miss it. You've probably seen these invite cards spread throughout the church. Make sure to grab a few. They have our regular service times and our Christmas service times. You wanna make sure to grab some so you can hand them out to your friends, your family, and your one. You know who I'm talking about. If this is your first time here, we wanna welcome you. Please make sure to stop by the I'm New Wall. It's the big orange wall, you can't miss it. We'll have a gift for you.
1: Hey, church family, will you stand to your feet? Well, thank you for being here. Can I say Merry Christmas to you? Well, let's worship the Lord today.
2: I was buried beneath my sheet. Who could carry that kind of way? It was my too, till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, all my failures, I tried. Too high, it was my turn till I met you. You called.
3: Word Emmanuel means God with us. Christmas is a reminder that Jesus came to be with us, right? Because we need to be reminded sometimes that we are not alone. You know, it's it's easy sometimes, even in a room full of people, to feel like you're alone. Ever felt that way? It's easy in the busyness of a Christmas holiday season to feel like you're alone at times. And in the middle of, of that darkness, God whispers to us and He says, You, you're not alone. Emmanuel, Jesus, is with you and so i don't know about you but i know for me i need that reminder at times that we don't go through this life alone we do it with others we do it with god and jesus walks with us his holy spirit is with us today amen An incredible reminder. And so one of the things that we talk about here at Shelby Christian Church when we talk about our missions and, and, and giving and our strategy for how we're going to share the gospel message with the world is we say, let's do this together. Let's do it together in our church. Let's do it together in our community. And let's do it together all around the world. And so when you hear us talk about together, that's what we're talking about. How we can partner with people wherever they are to say, hey, let's walk together. Let's remind one another that we don't go through this. We don't journey through this life alone, but we do it with one another. And so... In the next couple of moments, um, I'm going to pray you guys are going to get a chance to have offering or, or have your communion and give your offering. And just a reminder, it was mentioned in the video, but these red envelopes are now available. They're on the sides of the black boxes. And so each Christmas Eve service, we gather a together offering to hopefully fund our missions and benevolence and outreach efforts for the next year, for 2023, right? Um, so that we can hit the ground running together with our mission partners here locally and and all around the world. And so we'll hope we hope that over the next couple of weeks you'll be praying about that. You can also, if it's convenient to you, to to do that together, offering online as well. But we want you to be thinking about that and praying about that. We're going to show you a video that just kind of highlights one of the opportunities that we've had this year. And I want to kind of let you know, as this video is being played, you're going to be free to come up, get your communion, like I said, give. Your offering and then return to your seat. But what you're going to see in this video, every child that you'll see, because you'll look at this video and go, oh, that's just some kids having fun at a, at a week of camp. Uh, and that's true. But every child that you're going to see in this video is from Ukraine. In the summer, we had, there's five of us that had the opportunity to go to Poland to minister with some kids and some families who had been who have been pushed out of their country in Ukraine because of the war and so they found refuge in Poland and so we were able to go and spend a week with them. These kids 99.9% of the kids you'll see on this video are not believers in Jesus. They are just simply people who are now in a system in Poland and the school said hey let's give these kids a break because they've seen so much and they've experienced so much and they just need to be reminded that they are not alone. And so they went for a week at this camp. And so we were able to go to that camp and just simply love on them and be with them and share um, in their stories and share our stories. One of the pictures you'll see at the end, I'm standing with a group of four or five teenagers. They were about 14 and 15 years old. None of them were are believers yet. And they asked us, they asked me, why did you, why did you come over here? Well, what do you do back in the States? And I was able to say, well, I'm a pastor at a church and our church sent, sent us over to just simply let you know that we care and that, to remind you that, that even in the middle of this crazy war that you're in the middle of, that you are not alone, that there are people that are praying for you and that love you and that above all, Jesus loves you and that he died for you. We were able to to share that gospel message with those students and so in the next few moments what i want you to be reminded of as you watch this video is that the cross shouts out you are not alone you are not forsaken emmanuel god is with us would you guys pray with me God, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for the opportunity that we have in the next couple of minutes to share in this communion, to be reminded of a body that was beaten and broken, of blood that was shed, of an innocent man for our sins. And God, we pause and and are mindful of, of what You've done through Your Son Jesus for us. And we just simply say, thank you. Thank you for reminding us that you love us that much. That you have not forsaken us. Thank you for a Christmas season that reminds us that in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the sin, you sent your son to break through all of that. To be with us and to show us how to live. How to live on this earth, but also how to live for eternity. And we only find that through Jesus. Thank you for that reminder this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's continue to worship the Lord. A lot of you know this song. This talks about his amazing grace, amen. Not only his amazing grace, but the hope that we have in
2: Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that sings a rich like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I'm His ransom and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing rain. and one day, the earth shall soon dissolve like The sun forbear to shine, but God, who called me here below, will be forever mine. Will be forever mine. You are you are forever man Amen.
1: We worship you God. Thank you for the father that he is. He's always there. He's always willing.
2: Carried a burden For too long on my own I wasn't created To bear it alone I hear your invitation To let it all go I see it now I'm laying it down and Now for redemption the price for my heart and I don't have
1: thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we know, Lord, that we're not alone. Like Jason said, Lord, you're with us. You came so that we could have everlasting life, so we could run this race with you by our side, Lord, building us up, giving us strength, Lord, in our time of need, in our time of weakness, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. You can be seated.
4: You guys know how to act on a roller coaster. There you go. Cash cranking, it needs to be loud. That's better. That's better. You can't ride a roller coaster quiet. Come on. How many of you have been on a roller coaster before? All right. How many of you hated it? All right, that's honest people, all right? <laughs> the rest of your life, no, no, never mind. What's your favorite part of a roller coaster if you like it? The end. <laughs> the, the end. No, that means you didn't like it, Bobby. <laughs> Everybody loves going down the hill. Do you realize that by definition, every time you're going downhill on a roller coaster, You're actually headed into a valley. Hmm. Hmm. It's strange because valleys, valleys kind of have multiple characteristics depending on the valley and your circumstances. Sometimes valleys are considered a very peaceful place. A very peaceful place that you actually want to go to. But sometimes we talk about valleys as like a a valley of despair, something that you would avoid at all costs, something that you want to get out of as quickly as possible. In fact, Psalm 23 talks about the valley of the shadow of death. All right. And and so we, we talk about that. We hear that. So let me ask you, are your valleys typically peaceful or are they ugly places you don't even want to go? On a roller coaster, on a roller coaster, the descent into the valley is exhilarating. And coming out of the valley or getting ready to go into the valley is a slow, kind of treacherous climb that you're a little bit uncertain about. But on a roller coaster, the hills, the hills that you're coming back up, they're designed to slow you down and to keep you from plummeting straight to the earth at the bottom of that hill. But then they catapult you into another exhilarating adventure that ends in another valley. What if we use that metaphor of a roller coaster to think about life? Because in life, sometimes the ride is exhilarating. Sometimes it's great. But sometimes things don't slow down. And we end up in a valley of despair. And the times of despair are most often wrapped in things that we're unsure of. Things that are unknown. Things that leave us anxious. What we want you to know, and Jason has already introduced to you this morning, is that God is with us. Emmanuel, that's the name. God is with us, and that he's with us in the valleys, and we may enjoy God on the mountaintop, and we, we typically do. When we get to know Him intimately, though, we're in the valley. in the valley's life, and we're really, really counting on Him. But the good news is, you don't ever have to go through the valley alone. And that's what we want to focus on this Christmas season. We're building this whole next 4 weeks around that one name that we typically only hear on a regular basis at Christmas time. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. I think it's the greatest part of the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 1 in verse 23 it says, "Look, the virgin will conceive a child And will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That Jesus, I mean God in flesh, came and as the message translation says, moved into the neighborhood for a while. Came and lived with us, spent time with us, and because of that, there's hope. Whether you find yourself in a valley... or in in a wilderness time in your life when you're just kind of out there, or in a storm of life, you can know that God is with us. And you are never alone. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next three weeks is the the valleys and the wildernesses and the storms. And then we'll get to Christmas week and five big services, the regular service on Thursday night, three special services on Christmas Eve, and then one service only on Christmas Day, the 11 o'clock service only. So that's what's coming. But today we want to really dig into this idea of surviving In the valleys of life how do you i want to basically answer three questions today and we'll be done how do you survive how do you survive the valleys well before we get there we got to end up how do we end up in the valley how do you end up in the valleys of life now if we're talking about a beautiful peaceful valley of rest we may very well plan a trip to that valley Like, look at some of these valleys, like Napa Valley, California. Some of you have been there. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Or or one of my favorites is the Kahlua Valley in Hawaii. A few years ago, Kim and I vacationed in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Now, it wasn't fall when we were there, but I love to go back in the fall and to see all of that beauty in the Shenandoah Valley. There's the Grand Teton Valley in uh, Wyoming just down the road from where I was born and from where I went to college later went back and went to college there's a place called Happy Valley Tennessee you gotta love a place called Happy Valley and that's the place you want to go and hang out there but then there are valleys that are not nearly as inviting like Death Valley California I mean just who decided to call it that What about in the Bible in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37 there's the valley of dry bones or as I mentioned earlier in Psalm 23 there's the valley of the shadow of death but what about what about your own personal valley of despair? Maybe that you survived and you got, or maybe that you're there right now. And obviously, I couldn't find pictures for that because those valleys are very personal. They're very direct to you and your circumstances and what's going on in your life. And and sometimes, sometimes those valleys leave us absolutely terrified. Like, I read this story about this lady in Arkansas, and so she was in her car and suddenly she heard a loud bang and felt something hit the back of her head and she was sure she'd been shot and she grabbed her head and, and somebody walked by the car and said ma'am are you okay and she said no i've been shot in the back of the head and i'm holding my brains in and he began to investigate and realized that no You haven't been shot. There was a Pillsbury biscuit can in your back seat, and it exploded, and you got dough all over the back of your head. Now, but in the moment, can you blame her for what she thought was going on? A loud bang, and oh my goodness, my brains are falling out. Suddenly, you're in a valley. Sometimes they're completely unfounded and irrational but many times they're real, aren't they? Many times it, there's, you may be the only one that you feels there, but there it's real. Have you ever been alone in a house at night and you hear a noise? You hear that noise. And suddenly that, you know, right? We all know that feeling right here. Uh, You know, where's somebody else or where's my friend that I keep in the drawer next to the bed? Whatever. I'm a little bit nervous in this moment right now. Perhaps you've been watching a scary movie, and then suddenly, out of the blue, you hear a strange noise. And when this happens, we're kind of immediately, a lot of times in these valley moments, we're gripped by fear, aren't we? And there is that unknown, someone's lurking, something's going on, most are not quite sure how to react in the valley. And and we're wondering, how did I get here? Now there's a part of us. How did I get out? But it's how did I get here? Because what we need to understand is there's not just one thing that leaves us in valleys. So, sometimes it's they're imaginary, but sometimes they're very real. Sometimes we end up in valleys by accidents, but if we're honest, sometimes we end up in valleys because we made some choices that were less than wise, and we kind of drove into the valley the valley of despair is a terrifying terrifying place to be and fear mm, you think about it if you've ever been really scared I mean not just startled but scared when you've been afraid in that way it sticks with you doesn't it You you don't forget it. In fact, you do everything you possibly can to avoid putting yourself back in that situation because that moment was very, very real. That's why it always is amazing to me why people actually go to theaters and pay money to get scared. I don't understand that at all because fear sticks with us. How many times have you seen something like that and gone home and dreamed about it? You put yourself in a situation. And that fear sticks with us. And sometimes it wasn't a movie. It was real. And we dream about it night after night after night. And we're stuck in that valley. Because once you've been scared, it's hard to forget it. And everyone knows what it's like to be afraid of something we all got something. We were like, even the Superman had kryptonite, you know, that we've all got that one thing that like, no, no, like don't mess with me. My two things, I'll tell you, my two, one of them I've kind of conquered, but for a long time, my two things were the dark, I mean, complete dark and snakes. You put me in a dark room of snakes and I'm done, but We've got things that we're afraid of like being in the dark or snakes or spiders. Some people fear storms, some people love storms. Some people are afraid of extreme heights. Some people are afraid and have never been on an airplane in their life or been once and when hit turbulence that I'll never do this again. Some people are afraid of animals or even some people are afraid of the future. What's going to happen? Children, our our kids have got so many fears. And one of the things we've got to do as adults is do everything possible to alleviate fears. And when we see a child that is acting differently than they normally act, there's got to be a part of us that at least cognitively thinks, what's going on in their life? that has changed, and help work through that, not exacerbate it or not pile on to that situation. Adults have those fears as well that are real. We are afraid of disease. We're afraid of death. Right now, for a lot, probably are afraid of financial situations, broken relationships, loved ones that are sick or been hurt, uh, just failing the fear of failing is paralyzing. Let me tell you something: the fear of success is, can be paralyzing too, because there are some people that just really don't even want to try that hard, because then they might something might be expected even bigger. Coach ball all my life or all my adult life. I don't know how many teams I've coached where I had kids. They didn't really want the uniform. Because they are afraid if they got in the game, they might have to perform. And, and, and that fear of success was paralyzing. And so they just stand on the sidelines. The fear of aging, the fear of crime. You get my point. There's lots of things that we're afraid of. Now, here's what fear can do. Fear can motivate us to take necessary action. Like my fear of the dark was because I felt like unprotected and so I've taken necessary precautions to where I'm never unprotected I'm not afraid of the dark anymore I'm not afraid of the dark anymore but what do you suppose was going on inside of Mary let's get back to Christmas Mary gets this visit from an angel that in and of itself is out of the norm right that in itself of itself is a strange happening. And she gets this visit from an angel who tells her she's going to have a baby. Mary's a good teenage Jewish girl. She knows where babies come from. And she knows there's no way that she should be pregnant. She knows that. I bet when Gabriel gave her the news there was at least a moment and mary felt like she'd just gone over that first hill on a roller coaster you know that moment when like it takes your breath away and your like hearts coming up in your throat there's a a little bit of excitement there's fear and there's i don't know what to do i'm i'm not supposed to be this way Now, Mary's just, like I said, this good Jewish girl. She saved herself for marriage, and and now here she is, and she's found this nice young man, Joseph, and maybe she loved babies, but not this way, not hers. Look what the Bible says. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, you can look it up or it'll be on the screen. It said, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, I love the first three words. Confused and disturbed. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing in that moment. Mary tried to think what the angel could possibly mean. And look at verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. That sounds... So easy from an angel. But Mary had gotten to the top of that first hill and and started down, and suddenly she's in a free fall. She's in an absolute free fall, maybe for her life. So when we find ourselves in the valley, however we got there, and it could be our choice, it could be accident, whatever, how do we survive? how do we survive in the valleys of life? I think it's interesting in, this, in the whole Christmas story all the different gospels, all the different uh, encounters that, that people had with angels well there's Mary Joseph, the wise men shepherds anytime an angel showed up on the scene they all started with the same thing every one of them starts with don't be afraid you're yeah, right this is weird At the very least. But they said, don't be afraid. Easy for angels to say. Easy for us to say. You remember when you were a kid? You remember when you were a kid and you were scared to death of something? And your mom, your dad, your grandmother, your granddad, your aunt, your uncle, your big brother, your big sister, somebody said, don't be afraid. And there was that part of you that was like, yeah, right. That's easy to say. It's hard to believe. And so what Mary's thinking is, Gabriel's saying, look, don't worry about this. It's going to be okay. And Mary has to be thinking, could God really protect me in this situation? See, here's what Mary would have known also. Mary knew where babies came from she knew how that happened she knew that it shouldn't have happened because she hadn't done that but she also knew that in her town in her time that she was living that other young girls who were not married and ended up pregnant had been killed because of it because that was kind of the norm of the day and so there's more fear Piled on to the situation. You see, the question is, could God really protect me in this? Could God take that situation and make something wonderful of it? Now, for us, 2,000 years later, it's a little easier to read the story because we know the end of the story. You know, we've seen the end of it and we know how this turns out. But in that moment, can God really show up? And if we know that he did here, do we believe he can do that for us in our valleys? Do we believe that whatever it is that we're going through, imagine being Mary and wondering that. And yet because we know the end of the story, we know that God did and we can trust that he will do the same for us. It's, an, it's a question that can only be answered in faith because we've got to live it out. How willing are we to trust God to bring something good out of difficult or scary situations? Does God have the power or ability to do that? And the answer is, of course He does. Of course He does. That's why the birth of Jesus is good news Mary don't be afraid you've been chosen you've been picked out you are highly favored something good is about to happen even if in this moment it seems terrifying even in this moment you don't see how this is going to play out this is a good thing this is good news And he made it possible, God made it possible for the birth of Jesus to happen in spite of what many would call impossibility. Because there's that fear factor of like, what's going to happen to me? And it's kind of like, it's there, but it's almost glossed over. How can I be pregnant? How can I have conceived God? God. And why was that necessary? Because there had to be something on earth that separated Jesus from any other person that's ever walked on the planet. When he took on flesh, he had to be different. And the fact that he was conceived by God through the Holy Spirit in Mary separates him from every other human that's ever been on the planet And if God can do that, he can help us. If God can do that for Mary and take care of Mary, he can take care of whatever it is that's going on in your life. Now, it may sound simple, may sound simple, but let me real quickly give you four things that you can do when you find yourself in the valley. The first thing is you need to pray to God in the valley. You need to pray to God in the valley. And not just that the planes crashing prayer in the valley, but that, God, I want to learn while I'm here. I I, I want to get out of here. Don't hesitate to say, God, I don't like this valley. I want out. But as we're getting out, what can we learn? And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, too, about what we can learn. But we need to pray to God in the valley. The second thing we need to do is we need to love God in the valley. That we need to understand that he is working all things out for our good. And that he will see us through the valleys of life. And that we need to love him desperately in those valleys. And the third thing is, if we're going to pray to him, we're going like, well, we need to trust him. That's a hard one, isn't it? If we're just being honest and being real with each other, when you're in the middle of stuff, it's a little harder to trust God. So many of these moments are faith moments, are trust moments, because if you could see exactly, and in fact, whatever it is that you're going through, if God sent you an email ahead of time and said, you're going to go through this thing, and here's how it's going to turn out, and you had it in front of you, a lot of them, we'd like, okay, all right. Problem is, we don't know how it's going to turn out. We just know that God promises that we'll never be alone and that he'll work things out. So we pray to God in the valley. We love God in the valley. We trust God in the valley. And then we walk with God out of the valley. He will walk us out of the valley. But we got to take those steps of faith to walk with him. Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40, starting in verse 1, says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And He turned to me, and He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and He set my feet on solid ground, and He steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise of our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed." And they will put their trust in the Lord. How many of you would be willing to say right now, I know that I've been in a valley and I know that God got me out of a valley. Anybody? All right. Look at that. Look all around. See, here's why we need to do this. Because there are people out there, out there, that are in the middle of all kinds of valleys right now. And they need to know from someone that they know that has flesh on that God took me out of the valley when I chose to walk with him out of the valley. They need to hear those stories so that they can have hope. And what if we got really crazy? What if we got really crazy and said, you know what? I've been in that valley. Let me walk with you as you walk with God out of the valley. What? What? You would go back into a valley? Yeah, that's kind of what Jesus did. Left the story he told about the sheep and leaving 99 and going in to get one. And what if it's somebody you love and you care about and you know they're in a valley? And what if you just show up and say, come on, I'll walk with you. God's going to get you out of this. So we've got to understand how we end up in valleys. We've got to learn how we can survive in a valley. But even if we survive the valley, all of you that raised your hand and said, Yeah, I've been in a valley and God got me up. What'd you learn? What'd you learn when you're in a valley? Because if you go into a valley and you don't learn anything, you you could accidentally stumble back into the same valley. Not intentionally going in to get someone, but you just, oops, here I am again. Here I am again. So there have actually been scientific studies done that show a progression into valleys of despair And it's actually demonstrated or illustrated in a bell curve, but it's an inverted bell curve All right, and and look at the look at the slide on the screen It starts off on the far left side with the initial shock What just happened? What just happened? And then there's that moment of, as we start that, that unfortunate descent into the valley, there's that moment of denial, th- this can't be happening. The shock of what just happened. And then there's that, no, this, this can't be happening. There's no way this could be happening. And then, there, then there's the frustration spot, almost at the bottom of it, there's the frustration, I'll never get out of this. I'll never get out of this. And then we kind of make it to the bottom and we didn't absolutely crash. And maybe there's a little bit of light of hope. And so we experiment and we begin to think, well, what if I try this? What if I try this new way? And and then there's the moment of acceptance as we start back up. Okay, okay, I, I didn't crash at the bottom. I'm trying this. Maybe this is just the new normal. And then we get up to the top and it's integrated in our life. And we think, I survived. I can move forward. It's going to be okay. That wasn't a whole lot of fun, but I learned something there. I'm going to be okay. And so I'm going to leave you to finish off. I know some of you guys are taking notes and taking pictures. Wait till the last one, and all five of them be on there at once, okay? I want to give you some things that we can learn of the valleys of life. Here's the first lesson. Valleys are unavoidable valleys are unavoidable life happens life happens the second thing is the valleys are unpredictable life happens fast doesn't it all of a sudden man didn't see that coming didn't know that was going to happen what in the world Here, you know what any valley that you have suddenly found yourself in, while it caught you off guard, it didn't catch God off guard. He wasn't shocked. But he's there. You're never alone. So we understand that valleys are unavoidable. Valleys are unpredictable. Valleys are unprejudiced. Life happens Life happens fast, and life happens to everyone. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Just because you say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect and great and wonderful. In fact, people that try to make that, they're just looking for a life insurance policy. All right? It's still tough, but it's knowing that with Jesus with me, I'm never in the valley alone. And this stuff that happens all through scripture, it happened to some of the best people in history. And so we just move through it. Valleys are unavoidable, they're unpredictable, they're unprejudiced. But here, valleys build endurance. Valleys build endurance. Because guess what? Life is hard. You guys are on the uptake today because you already jumped to the next because not only do, do valleys build endurance, they build character because God is good. And valleys are going to happen. They're, they're unavoidable. They're, they're going to come quick. And you're not going to see them. They're, they're unpredictable. They're going to happen to everybody. They're unprejudiced. But in the valley, you can build endurance and character because while life is hard, God is good, and we hang on to that. Listen, mountaintops and valleys in life, the best news i got is they're temporary. (laughs) They're temporary at best, all right? And, And we get in and we get out, but listen to what Paul wrote in the book of Romans about some of those valleys. He said, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love hmm We're going to go through valleys. Emmanuel, God is with us. You're never alone. This Christmas season, when you see it out in the stores, when you hear it played on the radio, and you hear that name, Emmanuel, remember, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. And as you go through the valleys of life, Remember that because of Christmas, because of Emmanuel, you're never alone if you invite the long-awaited Messiah into your valleys. God, thanks for loving us, even in the difficult times of life. Thanks for being with us in every moment, and God, we pray that this Christmas season that we can truly experience that never alone feeling because you came to earth in the form of Jesus. And God, we pray that if there are those this Christmas season that need to receive and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that you would give them the courage to do that. And we pray all these things in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? If you need to talk to someone about what that means, if you just need the reassurance and the hope that God will make a way for you to get through the valleys, then while we worship by singing this song, Jason's back here at the decision room. Uh, Brett's back there. We've got some other folks that can help out. Let's just worship. And if you need to talk to someone, head over that way, and they can help you with whatever's going on in your life.
2: My God, that is who you are.
4: Amen. Amen. So glad you guys are here today. Amen. Amen. Hey, if, like we said in the video, and you can see the video announcements again right after service. Uh, your first time here, man, thanks for coming. Stop out at the I'm New Wall. And there's another wall, the photo wall back there that's been decorated for Christmas. Here's what I want you to do. If you're here with your family, stop back there, get a picture, post it on every social media app that you can possibly do it, and hashtag it, never alone. Invite people to come and hear about the wonderful message, of Jesus Christ. We'll see you guys. Let's love God, love people. Let's go change the world. Hey, show